Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Bill Neville. Bill, are you ready to do this? <laughs> I am ready. Thanks. All right, let's 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 go. Bill is the business development manager at the Entrust Group's San Francisco Bay office. They are the go-to for all self-directed IRAs with over four billion dollars in assets and over twenty-two thousand investors. I bet those numbers are probably bigger today. Bill, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Um, yeah, I uh, I've been with Entrust for um, coming up on eleven years. Um, I've been I'm 57 years old, so I've been working for what 35 years, roughly. And uh, and um, I started with Entrust in a position of um, manager of franchise operations about 11 years ago. And um, I was about six months into the job when the owner of our company decided that he didn't want to have the franchise business anymore. Essentially, what he had done is um, he had. Um, started off with licensing agreements for other people to get into the self-directed retirement account world, which I'll explain shortly enough and into the business. And it turned out he was inadvertently running a franchise program. So we were, we are custodians and record keepers of retirement accounts. And then there were all these other businesses that were uh, operating under the Entrust name, but they were their own independent businesses. Um, and they now have completely different names. So these companies are still in business. It actually was a very successful franchise program from a standpoint that um, most of them are all still in business and very successful, but they no longer fall under the franchise umbrella. They're their own company. Basically, the owner of our company, when I was like six months in the position, uh, decided that he just wanted to be custodian record keeper of retirement accounts didn't want to have uh, this franchise operation anymore. So he sold them the franchise uh, businesses. So if you don't have a franchise operations, you don't need a manager of franchise operations. <laughs> and so um, in you know a very short period of time, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but the company um, gave me a position overseeing our, our compliance and, and internal audit, which were two things I had never done in an industry that I was brand new in. Um, and I did that for the next few years. And the best thing about it was that it really, um, I learned the business really well. I learned like what a self-directed IRA is and what the rules are and compliance is pretty important whenever you're in a, in a, a highly regulated industry like we're in. Um, but I wasn't crazy about the, the position itself. It was very uh, solitary, very internal. And we had a, a, the business development manager position uh, open up. And, and so I went to the owner of the company or the, the president at the time and said, Hey, uh, I think I'd be really good at that job. And um, so they moved me into that. I did both positions for a while. Um, and then uh, eventually I was full-time business development manager. And essentially as business development manager, my role is simply to educate people on what a self-directed retirement account is, are, is and what the rules are and how it works and things you can't do and can't do and invest in. And so really just Every, all day, every day, large, largely my, my, my role is just doing this type of thing, like what I'm about to do, which is just explain and educate and help people understand what a self-directed retirement account is and how it's different from your IRA or 401k that you might have with the Merrill Lynch, Charles Schwab, Fidelity, um, Chase Bank, like companies like that, where most people do have their retirement account uh, as their custodian, how it's different when you have it with a self-directed custodian such as Entrust. 
Nice. Well, I appreciate that. And just when he had it all figured out, then all of a sudden we've got <laughs> NFTs and everybody wants to talk about cryptocurrency. Yeah, I'm happy to. I mean, I don't know a ton about cryptocurrency, but I can talk about like how you could potentially invest in it inside a retirement account for sure. And NFTs, which are allowed, you could. Yeah, it's fascinating, right? So how 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 has that shifted? What was what was the bulk of of the assets that were held 10 years ago and and do you see things really trending in a different direction? I mean I mean the, the most popular investments are inside a self-directed retirement account are real estate and private placements, privately held funds, privately held companies and that's not really changing. Um, and I don't see that. Excuse me, I don't see that changing. Although we have seen some shift into investing in crypto, like particularly a handful of years ago. I used to get calls practically on a daily basis about them. Um, now I don't get calls quite so frequently, but I still get calls about that. Um, actually, the cannabis space has become an area that people have become you know, interested, but those are simply privately held companies. And privately held companies have been something that you can invest in inside a self-directed retirement account for a long time. I mean, to, to just explain what it is that that our company does real quickly. Um, most people who have a retirement account, whether it's a traditional IRA, Roth IRA, SEP, 401k, whatever it is, it, it, in order for a retirement account to qualify as a retirement account, it requires a custodian, right? And most people's custodian is a bank or brokerage firm, like a Merrill Lynch, like a Charles Schwab, like a Fidelity, somebody like that. A lot of people's retirement accounts started when they started working for a company and that company offered a 401k. Now, company's 401k was administered by, again, one of those companies or Vanguard or some company like that. And those firms only let you invest in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, right? So you have a, a 401k, you work for a company, you have a 401k, they'll show you a list of funds and they'll even recommend, like if you're this age or you have this risk tolerance, we recommend these three or four funds. And they'll have somebody who you can talk to, who will advise you. And that's what most people think of when they think of a retirement account is a brokerage firm that advises you and you invest in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, right? And that's it. But the IRS actually says you can invest in pretty much anything you want. You can invest in real estate. You can invest in privately held companies. You can invest in cryptocurrency. You can invest in notes. Uh, we had somebody invest in cattle in, a, in, in an airplane, in, in a bowling alley. Like you can invest in almost anything you want inside a retirement account, but you have to have your account with a custodian who's willing to process and hold whatever investment is that you want to make. And so that's where the entrust group comes in is that we are a self-directed custodian. So the true self-direction means two things. One, you make all your own investment decisions. So we don't advise you. We don't sell you investments. We don't uh, do any due diligence on the investment. So if you want to invest in a, a, a rental property, or if you want to buy cryptocurrency, or if you there's some private company that you want to invest in, it's up to do all, you to do all your own research. And if you decide you want to invest in that inside a retirement account, you're allowed. You just have to transfer the money over to us. So you're opening an IRA with us. If you have a Roth IRA with Fidelity, you would open a Roth IRA with us. If you have a traditional IRA with whoever, you would open a traditional IRA with us. Or a 401k would roll over typically to a traditional IRA. You transfer or roll over the money to your account with us, and then you instruct us to make whatever investment you want to make. And here's the key, that investment is held in the name of your retirement account. So Bill Neville, my name, if I'm using my retirement account to, let's say, buy a rental property, what goes on the contract, on the closing documents, and on title, it's not Bill Neville, it's the entrust group for benefit of Bill Neville account number and my account number. So my IRA is its own entity, it has its own name, its own tax ID number. 
So the IRA owns the investment. So if you're investing in cryptocurrency, the cryptocurrency is owned by your retirement account. It's not owned by you as an individual. And so that's the, the role that we play. So we're strictly a custodian and record keeper. You have online access to your account, to review statements, to, to, uh, to review transactions, to process investments. And we do any annual reporting to the IRS as required. If you want to take a distribution, we'll distribute it to you. So essentially, we provide all the services, the custodial services that you get, again, from a Merrill Lynch, Charles Schwab Fidelity, what most people typically have their retirement account with. What we don't give you is the advisory services. And what we give you that they don't is the ability to invest in non-traditional investments. And again, a non-traditional investment is just anything other than a stock bond or mutual fund. Got it. Well, that certainly does make sense. So people commonly come to you because they're interested in investing in one of those other things. Yes. Typically they've already like they've already like found the property or they're they're learning. Maybe they're 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 real estate investors or they're wanting to become real estate investors. I mean Self-directed IRAs are is talked about in books like uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad and The Millionaire Next Door or whatever that book. Like you, if you were to read any of those books, like you were to decide I want to become a real estate investor and you start educating yourself, you're going to come across self-directed retirement accounts because they get talked about in there, right? Um, so yeah, either somebody has already found, let's say, a privately held company or a private fund that they want to invest in, a hedge fund. That the brokerage firm that they don't they have their account with says, yeah, we don't hold that investment, and they start doing some research, or maybe the fund company tells them and says, hey, you can do this inside an IRA. Here's a list of three or four companies, and oftentimes, since we've been in business for forty years, we're often on that list. Um, but that's yeah, typically how people contact us is not is is oftentimes because they found an investment they want to make. And through that, they've discovered, hey, I can do this inside my retirement account. Let me learn more about it. And then they contact us. And then that's where, again, my role as business development is to explain the rules, talk about what you can and can't do. Um, there are certain things called prohibited transactions that you can't do that around self-dealing. So I explain that. Um, and then people decide for themselves. Like, one of the things I like is I'm not trying to convince anybody that they should or shouldn't do it. It's a very personal decision. As a matter of fact, we always encourage people, before you make an investment, you should talk to a CPA, you should talk to an advisor, decide if this is the right investment for you, because we're not going to be doing any due diligence on this investment, right? Like you're responsible for, for either doing it yourself or having somebody, having an advisor that is going to, to help you decide if this is the right investment for you, if it's a you know, how risky it is and if it fits within your portfolio, right? That's going to come from someone else. But um, but then if you decide, then open the account and we'll process the investment. But everything is done at the account holder's instructions. Got it. Well, I appreciate that. So you mentioned self-dealing. How does, how does that commonly play in? Where do we commonly screw that up? Um, so there are certain people that are considered disqualified persons to your IRA. So that would be you as the account holder. So if you had an account with us, you as the account holder, your spouse, your ancestors, so parents, grandparents, et cetera, your lineal descendants, so children, grandchildren, and then spouses of lineal descendants. So let me give you some examples of what you're not allowed to do. An IRA can't lend money to a disqualified person, right? An IRA can lend money. Like you could use your IRA. There are what are called note investors, people who invest in notes. Uh, that are oftentimes collateralized by real estate. And IRA can be 
become a bank and lend money and get interest, but it can't lend money to a disqualified. When it comes to real estate, a disqualified person can't use the property for personal use owned by an IRA. So if you buy a property using your IRA, you can't use it as a second home or a vacation home. Uh, let's say you buy it in a college town and your kids go to school in that town. Your kids can't use the property. They can't stay in the property, right? That's considered self-dealing. Uh, they also can't do any physical labor on the property. You can't put sweat equity into a property owned by your IRA. Um, you can't necessarily invest in a company that you already own personally, right? So if you own a company and you decide that you want to take your IRA, you want to invest it back in your own company, it's mostly going to be disallowed, right? There are some rules around it, depending upon your percentage ownership, if you have less than a certain percent, or if you're a, a, a passive investor rather than like an actual CEO, like I don't want to get too in the weeds with that because, but generally, like if you own a company, you can't use your IRA to invest back in your own company, right? Those are the types of things that are considered self-dealing or your parents' company or your children's company, something like that. Got it. And just out of curiosity, how, how do people get in trouble for that? Is it if they get audited? Yeah, that's exactly how, if they got audited. That's what, that's what it would require would be, you know, the IRS would have to be auditing them and looking at their retirement account and the investments they make and discover that they engaged in, in self-dealing. What happens is, is if you committed a prohibited transaction, your IRA becomes a disallowed entity at the point that the prohibited transaction occurred. So let's say like somehow the IRS discovers that you've been staying in a property that you own inside your IRA, that you've been using as a vacation home, right? And that happened three years ago. Well, they go back and say, okay, three years ago, that IRA was no longer qualified as a, as a, as a tax protected entity because you committed a prohibited transaction. So any transaction occurs. So what happens is the entire account becomes a distribution to you which is then a taxable event. Plus, if you're under 59 and a half, there's a 10% penalty. And then any transactions that occurred after that, that occurred inside the retirement account would now be considered disallowed and all of that would be considered a taxable event. So it's not like you're gonna end up, they're gonna like throw you in jail necessarily, but there is, could potentially be a, a, a pretty big tax consequence associated with committing a prudent transaction. Better just to not do it. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, people do it inadvertently. Like it's, it could be possible to do it, particularly when you're talking about maybe a privately held company, right? Because the rules are a little ambiguous when it comes to privately held companies in terms of, like I said, if you own your own company, but you're a certain percentage owner, then you can still invest. But you're, if you're above that percent, you can't invest. But then again, if you are, are a passive investor, then the percentage goes up to a higher amount. It's actually kind of ambiguous. There's a little, it's a little challenging to really interpret the rules correctly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I would think that more often than not, if it happens, it probably happens in Got it. And the rules are the same in terms of the contribution amounts, Roth, traditional. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, tri uh, the, the contribution limits, the distribution rules, like a traditional IRA with, Fidelity is no different than a traditional IRA with the interest group from all those standpoints, from the contribution limits, from the tax rules, all that stuff. The only difference is that those custodians typically aren't willing to hold non-traditional assets and they advise you, whereas we will hold non-traditional assets, but we don't give you any advice. That's really the only difference. But all the custodial record keeping uh, rules and, and services is, is typically going to be the same. 
Got it. Nice. Beautiful. Are there, are there things where, well, I guess the question is, how do I know if, if I'm a good candidate for this? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think that my, I get this, this question sometimes. And my answer is basically, if you are prepared to do all your own due diligence, or you have someone in your life who you trust, who's giving you good advice, right? Because, you know, if you're planning on investing, I mean, um, Bernie Madoff took a fair amount of money from self-directed retirement accounts, right? Like people lost money from in their retirement accounts to Bernie Madoff, right? So if you're investing in, now on the, on the same, so people might look at self-directed IRAs and non-traditional assets and say, well, they're more risky, but not necessarily, right? Is real estate necessarily a more risky investment than the stock market? I think it could be argued otherwise. Mm-hmm. Is gold or silver, you know, precious metals considered a more risky investment than the stock market? I think, again, you would say the opposite. It's probably a, a more conservative investment, but you need a self-directed IRA if you want to invest in gold or silver inside your retirement account. But it went, there can be potentially very risky investments like Startup companies, for example, startup companies are a pretty popular investment for us, right? A startup company, you know, they have a fairly high failure rate than publicly traded companies that are already on the New York Stock Exchange, right? That's probably more risky. So, you know, be prepared to, again, do your own due diligence or have someone who's advising you. And I would say, look at the investment and and determine the riskiness of it. And you have to calculate, like, of the overall portfolio that you have of both personal savings and retirement account savings, like, yes, this investment into Uber back in the day was probably a pretty risky investment that paid off huge. But, you know, there are certainly for every Uber, you could find hundreds of companies that, you know, sort of bought in private investors and and lost the money because they didn't run the business well, or they ended up, you know, just not having a good idea or it became became uh, uh, defunct fairly quickly. Um, just, you know, know the risk that you're getting into, I guess, is what you say. And also understand, I, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but understand that we're not going to do any due diligence or advise you. If your investment goes bad, that's entirely on you, right? Yeah, makes sense. Well, Bill, people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I mean, you know, I think my tip um, that for me makes a difference is just that a lot of people aren't aware that this is a thing, right? Like, I mean, you might have a, 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 a higher knowledgeable um, audience than, you know, the, the average individual who is just trying to work and pay their bills and pay a mortgage and raise their kids and really have no idea but a, what a self-directed IRA is. But like the, the biggest tip is know that if you want to invest in something just other than stocks, bonds, and mutual funds inside your retirement account, you're allowed. Like people have been, ever since ERISA went into effect in the mid 1970s, you've always been allowed to invest in real estate and privately held companies and precious metals. You've always been allowed, but most people aren't aware of it because most people's retirement account started with and is maintained by in custody by a brokerage firm. And those brokerage firms are, have no incentive to inform you of this, right? Like they have no incentive to give you an idea that says you can take your money out of your account with us and go put it somewhere else to invest in something else. So the tip is just be aware that this exists. And if this is a, an avenue that you want to pursue, there's lots of upper, you know, ways to go out there and educate yourself about cryptocurrency investing, about 
note investing, about real estate investing, about tax lien investing. Um, and that if you want to do a tax sheltered inside a retirement account, there are companies like the Entrust Group that exist out there for the sole purpose of giving you the opportunity and making it legal and compliant for you to do that investment inside your retirement account. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how? what does it take to open up an account with the Entrust Group? Uh, yeah, I mean, our, our website is theentrustgroup.com. Um, and to open an account, I mean, we have a tab that says open an account right on our website. It takes maybe 10 minutes to open an account, um, which is just name, address, social security number, date of birth type of account. Uh, we have a $50 new account fee, pay the $50 fee and, and boom, your account's established. And now you can fund your account and move forward with investing. If you want to get a hold of me, um, then my, uh, I mean, my phone number, it's uh, 510-587-0950 and my extension is 237. Um, or my email is bneville, so Bill Neville, B is my first initial, Neville, N-E-V-I-L-L-E at theintrustgroup.com. You can also find us on, find me on our website if you, uh, if you want to look there. Um, but yeah, go to our website. We have a ton of information. We have a ton of um, educational material about different types of alternative assets, including, again, real estate notes, precious metals, uh, privately held companies. Uh, we have pod, we have, um, um, we do our own monthly webinars. There's, there's a lot of stuff on there. Educational, we call it the Learning Center. Feel free to peruse and, and learn everything you can. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Bill your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to the entrustgroup.com. It's T-H-E-E-N-T-R-U-S-T group.com. Shoot Bill an email, get in contact and figure out if this is the right thing for you. Thanks again, Bill. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.